Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 50 Ride. Make sure you've listened to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track three off Blurry Face. I hope everyone had a great August. Um, I had a great August. I had a lot of good family time. Um, We went on our annual trip to Sleeping Bear Dunes, and I had a lot of good swim time. I read eight books, so I enjoyed a lot of reading time. Most prominently, though, I saw the Jonas Brothers, and aside from the Trench concert, this was my favorite concert I've ever been to. And as you can imagine, I've been to a lot. Um, I was most obsessed with Jonas Brothers when I was 10. And like the internet was like barely even something I used. So my dedication was just very pure. Um, I would have to check their website for any news that I wanted. And I even had an iPod shuffle back then, which I feel like a lot of people had those like little squares after the nano came out but this was like an even older one that was like i don't even know what what shape you'd call that like long and skinny and it had a usb plug-in to the computer it was a pass down and so you had to memorize where the songs were and so i memorized where sos and their entire self-titled album was in my shuffle yeah it was spectacular It was awesome reconnecting with my 10-year-old self because I think there's a lot that you can either just forget about or get really disconnected from as you get older. Um, And so it's nice to have those special moments where you really feel like you can rekindle that relationship with your younger self Um, because we can so easily get jaded with how the world is now or just more negativity or more reality that makes things harder whereas before we were just really at least speaking for myself just very imaginative and a huge dreamer and nothing was ridiculous or silly anything was possible and so it's been really fun since then that was two weeks ago um, probably close to three now when you're listening to this And ever since then, I've just felt a lot more connected to my younger self in the best way possible, and I've felt very creatively inspired. I've been writing more again. I've been learning the ukulele more again, neither of which I was regularly touching for like over a year, at least, if not more, cough, cough, writing, because I'm perfectionistic. Um, And so it's been really nice to just get back into that and kind of have both the reconnection with childhood, but also the encouragement and creative existential motivation to really want to consistently create because I don't know about you, if any of you are creative, but I too often find myself saying, well, I have to wait until I get a new job or I have to wait until my schedule frees up or I have to wait until something and I've been saying that for years I have to wait until something else until something's different and I just feel like I'm gonna have my whole life pass me by if I keep waiting so I think that's also um, important wherever you're at whether it's creativity or anything else to remember that God has blessed 
each day and because of that you're allowed to show up in the messiness and do the things that might seem hard or scary or challenging to fit in and you can still make it a part of regular life even if it feels really difficult and also because it gives you a lot of joy if you're anything like me and it reminds you of your younger self so it was probably the most sorry flashback it was the concert was probably the most worth my money out of any I've ever been to because they played every single song on five albums they played every single song they also played jealous Nick's single and they also played cake by the ocean from joe's band it was similar to taylor swift's tour with eras so they had they gave each album its moment and the best part was before they played each album they had a movie montage on the screen of them at that age when the album came out so my favorite album is the Jonas Brothers self-titled album and it was like camp rock and all this stuff and it was great. That was like me in my prime when I loved them. So even though I never got to see them when I was 10 and I was very upset and I had to wait a whole 16 years, let alone like who knew 16 years later I'd even be able to see them. It also was like that was absolutely worth waiting 16 years because I got to hear not just a couple of my favorite songs, but I got to hear all of them. So highly recommend um, if you're interested, even if you only like some of their songs, like it's so worth it. There's an actual intermission. I have never been to a concert where there was an intermission because it was so long and it was incredible. And I think the way it wasn't exactly like first song in the album to last song each era. And I think the way that they decided to order the songs is really smart. But anyway, this is not a Jonas Brothers podcast, but um, that's just music wise what I've been thinking about constantly for two weeks now. So I also worked at a music festival for a weekend. Um, which is the same festival I worked at two years ago. And so it was really cool to see a couple people I worked with around the Lansing area and then also someone I'd worked with two years ago at that same festival who still works for the company. It was awesome to see her again. And then I actually applied to work for them in May. And I didn't get the position, but their whole team is so sweet. And so I also got to see one of the guys who interviewed me and that was really cool and it was funny because I said hi and I kept staring at him and he kept staring at me and then he goes wait I know you (laughs) and so it was cool to reconnect with their team and to just be among a bunch of people who love music who I also felt like I belonged with because I'd had various relationships with each of them already so that was a lot of fun it was an EDM festival so mostly college students um not obviously like my prime genre or anything but it was still very fun I just love the people I love getting to love on people who love music so it was a lot of fun it was a very fun month and I'm also grateful for the creative inspiration because I think it's really helped I think it can be hard when you have a lot of fun and a lot of things to look forward to and then all of a sudden you don't have anything nor do you have anything huge to really look forward to um, because I had a very consistent month where like every single week I had something new to look forward to and you know it's a good thing to consider like how can we always give ourselves things to look forward to if nothing else because we've been blessed with 
every day that we have that is enough to look forward to so just trying to like consider ways that I can refresh the mundane weeks and days of life we might call them because I mean that is the majority of life so that's me also right now this is a really weird recording day because unfortunately my wired headphones broke but I'm still currently using them and I can only hear out of one side of them I tried using my wireless ones but this microphone I have the blue Yeti Nano it's very beautiful it's gold of course but it doesn't have Bluetooth, so I don't think I can use wireless headphones to hear myself when I'm recording on this mic. I think I need to buy some new wired ones. So if you have any recommendations, feel free to email me. Um, I don't frequently buy tech because it's expensive. I already have to buy a phone this month, so chances are I'm not going to be able to buy some new headphones until next month. Shout out to budgeting. But yeah, buying tech is like stressful for me because it's not my forte, but also like I know it's really important to like make a good investment. And like these wired headphones, even though they're broken, like they've lasted me at least like eight years. So I make my tech last because I just don't got the money to be consistently replacing it. So anyway, all of that aside, I'm very happy to be sitting down with you again, of course. Back to my every other week schedule um and I also think because I feel like I've talked about this before I fell back into my procrastination where I was doing both production and post-production in one week right before I had to post the pod and while I can do that it's not ideal and especially now I'm trying to do other creative hobbies and I'm trying to job search I don't want to like overload myself and because of that I'm trying my best to go back to still posting every other week but one of the weeks is just dedicated to recording and one of the weeks is just dedicated to editing because then that way I have way more time to do both. If you have seven days just to record, like you have so much more flexibility, let alone the podcast is taking up way less of a proportion of the week so that I can fit the other activities in and um, hopefully even just try to do more on social media, even though I'm terrible at it. That's a whole other thing right now. I'm really struggling with Instagram. I had posted again to do my favorite music and book recap at the beginning of September because I love doing that every month on my personal account. And then the following morning, I woke up and spent an hour scrolling and I was like, I can't, I can't live like this. So I immediately deleted it again. So currently, my relationship with Instagram is unhealthy and I don't know if it's just because uh the season I'm in like I'm probably trying to do too much and so my brain's default wants to just numb because there's a lot to do but also on the flip side it has been nice to be off it because I've just spent my time so much more creatively because I don't have that scroll time so I don't know I don't know about you guys Relationship with social media is interesting because there's times where I can use it very self-disciplined and healthily, and then there's times where I have no self-control and it's overwhelming and it's sucking hours out of my day. And so I I should probably reflect more and, and figure out when those unhealthy times happen and why, but all I know is that it's currently unhealthy, so I'm staying away from it. And I think that's a wise choice because nothing makes me feel more gross than knowing I spent way too many hours in a day 
doing something, filling my mind with something that I'm not even going to remember, like, 30 minutes after I'm done. Like, that's creepy. Like, our minds are just... Anyway, not to get too tired of just find you, but... Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Ride. We're, we're clearly just in a chatty mood and in a tangential mood, and I feel like that's exactly what this song is. Is just letting your mind go on tangents and then having to reel yourself back in. So, background to Ride. This was recorded in both Grove City, Ohio, and Hollywood. That's interesting. I don't know if they frequently recorded in multiple locations. I'm kind of curious how and why they recorded in multiple locations, but I don't have any additional information. Um, that just seemed abnormal to me that they recorded in more than one location, but I mean, there you go. They It was produced by Ricky Reed, and this was the fifth and the final single off Blurry Face. Let's jump right in. I mainly just said... In regards to the music, it's mostly drums, keys, and synth, and altogether it very much gives me like beachy, summery vibes. It's very bouncy, there's a lot of reverb in the vocals, and altogether it just gives me like sunny vibes, and maybe I'm just biased because of the lyrics, but this song has always been one of their more summery songs to me. Like it just hits different you're listening in the summer versus the winter but then again some people don't even have seasons so i mean you do you so starting with verse one he says i just want to stay in the sun where i find i know it's hard sometimes pieces of peace in the sun's peace of mind i know it's hard sometimes yeah i think about the end just way too much but it's fun to fantasize on my enemies who wouldn't wish who i was but it's fun to fantasize And I personally had a very different experience listening to this this time around because I always saw this as like a weird run-on sentence or something. And this time it just felt very, what's the word, like prominent? Is that the best word? I don't know. But it just felt very apparent to me that it was like him saying something and then interrupting himself so i don't think i just want to stay in the summer i find and i know it's hard sometimes i don't think those are related i don't think they're the same sentence i think they're two separate thoughts and i think he's continually cutting in because of blurry face and so it starts with his desire for warmth and his desire for light um classic spiritual analogy right here that we've seen a billion and one times but similar to you know waiting for the daytime again and the sun to rise we want to soak in the goodness as long as we can kind of like what i was just talking about with like not everything can be extraordinary a lot of stuff's gonna stay mundane but at the same time like can we just stick to that feeling anyway i'm just wanting to stay around things that are good and that make you feel good and make you Um, closer to God and closer to the things that give you life rather than having it be wiped away by the darkness and then he cuts in and I feel like he's responding to blurry face this moment I know it's hard sometimes like please don't threaten me with the bad right now when I'm trying to just sit in the good in the good frame of mind why do you have to like cut in and ruin everything I think we all feel this with our own self-talk and lies that are put in our head 
even in times when we're like experiencing the most joy, sometimes we can just have these intrusive thoughts that are trying so hard. I mean, really, they're not just intrusive thoughts, right? If you're a Christian, I feel like it's apparent that it, it can be lies from devil like it's not just some random intrusive thoughts like we have a whole spiritual life and component to this mental discussion and not that I can say for sure like what's going on in your mind that's not what I mean but yeah he's he's feeling this tension of acknowledging and soaking in the good but also being tempted with dwelling on the bad and I think that is very human continues on to continue the same sun thought with pieces of peace and the sun's peace of mind great word play here with the double meanings and also the um, symbolism and metaphor of pieces of peace and how sun could be a double meaning right here also having peace in jesus the clo- again the closer you are to the light the closer you are to god's heart and his intention for us and the world and so it makes sense that in that vicinity you would have peace because you're nearer to the sun's peace of mind so whether it's the literal sun or not it's still very much a metaphor for the same thing and yet this nagging negativity again and having to admit i know it's hard sometimes because of the intrusive thoughts Yeah, I think about the end just way too much, and this is where we just get eternal and existential. But it's fun to fantasize, and I think this is more like him agreeing with Blurry Face's voice cutting in. Thinking about the end I wrote is like the eternal versus the distraction. So he's talking about something very real and spiritually eternal in the first line and then agreeing with blurry face but it's fun to fantasize and also kind of giving into that agree that agreement and that temptation of like but let's pull you out of reality because we don't want you in reality because then you have more power um and are closer to god's heart and so it's this juxtaposition of the eternal and reality versus the distraction and fantasy and how these are pulling against each other as blurry faces constantly this tension throughout this entire album but yet it's it's enticing right it is fun to want to not be in reality let alone like if we're creative it's it can be in our nature to want to fantasize at the same time that can obviously also be a good thing because god is a creator and if we are creative it's because he's first creative so fantasizing can be a good thing in terms of creativity but i think in this case it's definitely a negative thing and a a way to be asleep per (laughs) usual and then he finishes with all my enemies who wouldn't wish who i was but it's fun to fantasize and i think this is also reality in a good way before it's cut in with the fantasize again and very relatable to me of like When we start thinking about eternity, when we start thinking about the ending and all of that, it can also be very healing to remember that eternity means separation from enemies and it means justice from wrongdoing done against you or that you've done towards others. So in my mind, dwelling on these enemies and wouldn't wish who I was because of how their reality will be separated from God's people's reality, it highlights... That enemies could be literal people, but it also could just be, you know, trains of thought, sins, a whole slew of of different meanings there. 
um, that can represent anything that you want in terms of negativity and lack of God's spirit and God's heart in those moments. So I really like this push and pull throughout the verse and I think it really brought a lot more meaning to this song that I didn't have previously. Obviously for me it was always very easy to latch onto and appreciate the bridge, but I don't think I just ever really put all of the pieces of what he was actually saying in the song together. So this is another podcast where I really appreciate that I'm analyzing it because especially because it's such a catchy song, it can be really easy to overlook like what's actually being said in the context of also the character conception he created in this album and how like I don't think at face value before I would have said Blurry Face is really in this song but now it's really clear that he's influencing pieces of this song in a way I hadn't noticed before which is interesting. So the chorus is I'm fallen so I'm taking my time on my ride and that repeats. I think before I analyzed this song, I always thought it was just like, you know, I'm fallen, I'm similar to Heavy Dirty Soul, like I'm far gone, I'm in sin, so I'm kind of this like lost cause, hopeless, which in a way makes sense on this album, you know, as we lead up to Goner, but I think more in the context of the rest of the lyrics, this is more falling into a spiral, falling into anxiety into this eternal future and potentially even into an existential crisis and so I like that it brings a little more implication into what he's not saying when he's saying I'm fallen and how there can really be unsaid pieces added on to that for the reason of taking my time and if you're falling into a lot of overthinking as I absolutely relate to as a lot of you probably do if you're um, a worrier or have anxiety the best way to combat falling into all of this is by slowness and presence. Um, slowness and presence will always defeat these enemies. They will always defeat these lies that Satan threads into our minds because anxiety wants to go fast and faster than we're comfortable with. Same with overthinking, existential crises, all of this. It's very much taking us out of reality which is ironic because he kind of just alluded to that in his own thought process. And it's putting you into future, but not even necessarily the future. It's putting you into what ifs. It's putting you into things that are not rooted in the present reality. And because of that, we have a reminder and a chance to step back and to fight and say, no, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to go a pace that is safer um, in a pace that's going to help me think more clearly so that I'm not overcome with lies. I'm also going to root myself in what is going on rather than what could go on so that I can really get to the bottom of reality rather than fantasy. So then we'll go into the very long, long long-winded tangent that I alluded to earlier, which is verse 2. And I will just read the whole thing and then my whole page notes. So he says, I die for you. That's easy to say. We have a list of people that we would take. A bullet for them, a bullet for you, a bullet for everybody in this room. But I don't seem to see many bullets coming through. See many bullets coming through. (laughs) Metaphorically, I'm the man. But literally, I don't know what I do. 
I'd live for you. And that's hard to do. Even harder to say when you know it's not true. Even harder to write when you know that tonight there are people back home who tried talking to you. But then you ignore them still. All these questions, they're for real. Like, who would you live for? Who would you die for? And would you ever kill? I love, like, it's near impossible to say any of that without it sounding like the way he sings because that's just such a mastery of words and syllables and the way it flows together is like exactly how it's supposed to flow together and how there's no other way for it to flow together together I feel like so I really just like the poeticism of this verse so anyway he starts with the statement I die for you and this is what I wasn't sure, like, where does this thought process come from? How did he get to this all of a sudden? And the most I came up with was he was potentially just spurred by Jesus and emulation. You know, talking about being near to God or alluding to that so far versus fantasizing or being asleep or giving into lies. In that way, it makes sense that we get to, okay, let's, let's think about the statement now that is about emulating Jesus and striving to live like he did, which was ultimately to die for others. At the same time, saying you would die for people is easy and it's hypothetical because it doesn't actually require action. It's not based in reality and because of that, there's really no need for follow-through or even necessarily a situation where there could be follow-through for this statement. Because we can have this list of people that we would take, a bullet for them, bullet for you, bullet for everybody in this room, but rarely are there ever bullets coming through. Obviously there can be, and that's, you know, back to the whole tragedy of guns for hands and gun violence. But at the end of the day, by and large, the majority of us will never be in this position where there will be bullets coming through that we will actually have to live out dying for someone in that way. And similarly, because there's a lack of seeing the bullets, is this question of where is the testing of the faith that we're supposed to be emulating? How are we realistically supposed to see this? And this reminded me of two passages. The first is James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joys, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Um, Not only are we to go through trials, but we are also to count it joy because it will bring us closer to understanding Jesus and also emulating and working towards the heart of God. And yet... We can't do that if we're not actually met with trials and the testing of our faith and beliefs to begin with. So then the next passage I thought of was Romans 5, 3 through 5, which says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, similar to the previous passage, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so I like that it provides a little more context and understanding for 
going through trials and it's not just suffering but it's producing endurance which produces character which helps us be closer to god's character and resilience which also produces hope and if we have hope even the darkness is not dark to us because we know that there is something beyond and that there can be something that can overcome even the worst trials so all of this put together back to the lyrics um, all things considered we are to go through trials we are to have our faith tested so that we can have hope and other qualities that god wants for us to be able to get through the lies and the trials of life and so in theory dying for people is revered like it would be very noble like wow you would die for people like you're such a good person but in reality it's kind of phony and doesn't really mean anything because it's never actually put to the test so because of that he switches tracks and then thinks on i'd live for you and that's hard to do because this can actually be tested because this is actually an action that everyone either will or won't do when we put our trust in christ we are saying that we'll live for him and because of that we are now officially set up to the standard of whether we are living for him or not obviously none of us do it perfectly and that's why we need him to begin with but it's harder to say when you know it's not true we know that we will get distracted we know that we will get self-absorbed we know that we will get caught up in the temporary in the overthinking in the anxiety this song is a literal example of that even in this tangential thought process then he even takes it further and exclaims how he's already failed by saying that tonight there were people back home that tried talking to him and he ignored them how people are reaching out or in need and because of his own limits or exhaustion or whatever it might be he was not able to come through for them and continually give of himself like Jesus is always such a good example when he's with his disciples or feeding 5,000, whatever it might be. Like, he doesn't stop. He obviously literally does at times. Like, he'll go off to pray. But also in those types of stories, like, he's really good at sacrificing his own physical needs for the needs of others. And so that's kind of a good contrast for all the ways that we will fail because of our own physical limitations. Um, just like the disciples and they're just like, but we're hungry. Like we're exactly like that. I'm exactly like that. I'm sure you relate to that a lot. And that's just one really shallow example of the ways we will so easily not effectively live for God and give of our time as much as we could or should. But also, God meets us there and redeems us for all the spaces where we are lacking. And because of all of this, he ends with all these questions, they're for real. Like, who would you live for? Who would you die for? And would you ever kill? Clearly, the living for, the dying for, these are just callbacks to the previous statements he was contemplating. But now also in importance to consider would you ever kill and i think specifically thinking of scripture as well i immediately thought of loyalty to death that abraham had in being called to sacrifice isaac even though 
he ended up not having to due to his faith. But again, another example of what it really means to be committed to someone or something. So much so that you're willing to do anything it takes to make sure that you are committed to it. If that means would you ever kill, that's what that means. Um, Even to that extreme. Where does your loyalty lie and why? And is it really um, something worthy of living for it, dying for it, or killing for it? Because anything else that's not God is probably not going to be worth it because it's going to be a lot more like self-serving. And if it's self-serving, like who's going to want to die for it or kill for it? Because it's so much more temporal in attitude and nature if it's not God's eternal love and hope for humanity. And so we go into the bridge. It's very simple. Just repetition of I've been thinking too much and help me which then goes into the remainder of the song repeating the chorus and such and i think the bridge is very timely after the second verse especially as he's just gone down this whole rabbit hole of thinking through these existential questions and concepts and all of it just leads to anxiety and even more overthinking and the weakness that even the song and the good that it was trying to do has now spiraled into overthinking and proof through the bridge that even that kind of fell through the purity that it was supposed to retain and fell into anxiety once again even with things that are good concepts and good eternal christ-like things to consider And so, in a way, I think the bridge really becomes a prayer compared to the rest of the song, thought process, tension with blurry face. This part is really an admittance and weakness and a prayer toward God for presence, for slowness, and truth, and all the ways that the lies can be combated that he's not able to do on his own in this song. And then, of course, at the end, when he sings the chorus again he says taking my time and screams and i think the scream is very timely because it kind of shows after all of this the frustration with the failure of taking time and slowing down and the way that really his thoughts just like sped up throughout the verses and got more frantic and more frustrated the scream is also a desperation to tell self-truth like this is the goodness that I should be striving for and I'm not hearing it and I'm not listening to it because I'm just falling worse into what I'm trying to combat so screaming is like the last ditch attempt to get himself and yourself as you're working through these things to hear it because you clearly didn't hear it through the repetition of what you had done earlier so those were really all of my thoughts on the lyrics, but I really liked I really liked digging into this. I think Ride is a prime example of how much I love this podcast, and I love Tyler Joseph and the way that he processes through songs so much, um, because I think Tyler and I are both very much people who are very comfortable and desirous of sitting in our introspection, in our introspective worlds, um, our concepts, our abstract questions and thoughts that we really want others to grapple with. And I think 
this song and this podcast is very much homage to the way that our brains work and also the way that we desperately want to share the urgency of the eternal and abstract ideas with other people and not just sit with them by ourselves. And so I really appreciate this song and its lyrical content because it's exactly why I wanted to make this podcast. Um, Not just because I think too much about these songs, but also because these questions are so important, because they're worth wrestling with, because the tension and the reality of where we are in life and spiritually is worth talking about and it's worth figuring out where you fit into all of it and what you think about all of it and how you're going to bring it into your daily life. Um, Nothing could be more important. So I hope that you really appreciate the time that you can take out of the day to both listen to this song and listen to this 30-40 minute podcast and yeah, I, I'm grateful that you were able to take this time really for yourself, that you're able to take this time to say, you know, it's really important that I just stop all these shallow things that I'm doing and think about the things that are eternal and the things that are going to matter a whole lot more at the end of the day than whatever it is I'm worrying about going into listening to this podcast or the song. And yeah, I just want to thank you and also commend you that you're you're doing good work that you don't want to just live your life passively and I I firmly believe that if you enjoy listening to this podcast you don't want to live passively and so just take heart that wherever you're at in your faith wherever you're at with doubt or questions or confusion whatever it might be keep running the race of endurance even when it's confusing or it's frustrating or it feels like you're wrestling with God um because it will have rewards someday, even if you can't see it yet. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so happy that I get to welcome you into fall with a nice warm hug and really a ride-themed month. So I hope that you're excited to also continue with these abstract ideas and thought processes as we analyze the music video. Remember, you can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. You can reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, video, or album with me. And like, honestly, like who knows, maybe soon we'll have new music, so you'll have even more options of things you can analyze with me right? Let's just keep saying it so it becomes reality. And if you would like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. Um, Yeah, it's probably going to be pretty inactive right now because I took the month off and having a weird relationship with social media, but you can also find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. So, who knows? Maybe you've been listening to it for a while on something, but if a different platform is maybe makes more sense for you feel free to always switch over feel free to rate on different platforms that you haven't already or feel free to leave a review on apple music especially mostly just because i love reading what you guys think because i talk too much and on instagram you can find me at entrench underscore pod i do want to do more i know it always seems like i'm just saying that but um hopefully when i get out of this weirdness i can figure out a way to do a little bit more here and there and so of course I genuinely mean it when I say I look forward to hearing from you and please get excited and tune in next time for the ride music video 
Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, in Trench, you're not alone.